Oh, you slept in. Hey, we're not judging. Sometimes you just need to get those Z's. And if you need to snooze, we'd much rather you did it at home in a warm, comfortable bed than in our pews. You can always catch up on the sermon later, right here on the Sunday Morning Sleep In podcast. You're still going to miss out on some things that we think are pretty important. If you don't show up at church on a Sunday morning, you're going to miss out on the support and encouragement of intergenerational community, music, charming children, this week us lighting things on fire, Uh, and we won't be able to give you cookies, but we will give you what we can. I'm Susan Foster. And I'm Chris Marshall. And we're United Methodist Pastors in Reno, Nevada. We're not theological experts or homiletical harbingers of a new age. We're your average pastors helping our congregations think through life's big questions every week. So we started this podcast. So if you are away from home or working or coaching your kid's team or or just sleeping in, you can keep up with some of the ideas floating around the church. Every episode is a conversational version of a sermon we gave on Sunday. So whatever day it is you're listening to it, we hope that you will be out there and receiving with an open mind and an open heart. And a quick note, we really hope that you will use your open mind to think for yourself. We don't expect everybody to agree with us. So we encourage you to have conversations about it, to question, to disagree, to figure out what you think. And our sincere hope is that you will experience the mysterious loving force in the world we know as God moving in your life as you consider this. So Chris. So Susan. How was vacation? Vacation was good. How was your vacation? Uh, It was about the same as yours. (laughs) We went away together and we rode roller coasters. We did. Well, we fixed your house first. We fixed my house first. We almost hit our deadline. Right. Of having a usable master bathroom before annual conference. We're getting there. We're getting getting there. there. We might get there. But then roller coasters. But then roller coasters. And living Mm -hmm. off the land. Yes. As my dad would say, we went and stayed with friends and... You're at your parents' house and got to see a bunch of people we like. Yeah. And yep. we rode all the roller coasters, including we were able to preview the Wonder, Wonder Woman, Woman Lasso, Lasso of Truth ride at Discovery Kingdom, Six Flags Discovery Kingdom in Vallejo, because we are nerds with season passes. And so um, it yeah, was I think amazing. it's just that we're cheap, so we have season passes. Well, there's that. And um, but we're gonna make use of them this yes, year. Yes, yes. And uh, and it was really it was really fun to go yeah, on that, that was ride. A great ride. They and were, I love the fact that we like got on and we rode it and we're like, let's do that again. And immediately we're able to get back on because it was only season pass holders. Yeah. And they were filming. So if you see an ad for Discovery Kingdom and these two gorgeous women are grinning at you from the seats with thumbs up, that's us. <laughs> We are in a commercial, and we're pretty much famous. Right. It's going right. on my IMDb profile. Right. There you go. There yeah. you go. Yeah. It was funny, though, those folks in the back in back of us. Uh-huh. We were like, this is going to be, this is great. Like, on our second try, we're like, it's great. And then they had to write it twice in a row, like, With without no getting breaks. off. Oh, they, they were a little, little they, like, they, they did little not queasy. enjoy it quite as much as we had. Yeah. It was good. It was a good yeah. ride. Yeah. Anyway, so, uh, so then we came back on Memorial Day. Ish, Ish and um and have been back We're at been it for about since. a week yep. and then this Sunday was Pentecost. Yep. So here we are, the Pentecost. Happy birthday! Oh, you do the birthday thing. I don't do we the just, birthday thing. We just do it. You know, we don't we don't sing Happy Birthday to the church or anything. But this year, you know, you know, remind them. It's an image. Yeah. It's an image, right? Right, and remind them that that it's the beginning of what. Some of what I'm trying to do with my congregation is to remind them that we're becoming something. Yes. And that, that even even the birthday doesn't look like this. Mm-hmm. So we're, 
movie. So yeah. I did and a little I, bit And of I that. get picky or not about the theological correctness of calling it a birthday, depending on how many ideas I have. Yeah. So when, when I'm well-rested and I have lots of ideas, I'm like, uh, birthday. But when I'm at the end of my rope, say last year, yeah. uh, then uh, then it's the birthday party for right. sure. Well, and, and I don't preach that image. Like, I'm not like, oh, they had cake and, you know. <laughs> no, it's more like like this is a, the way we mark. Uh, an important occasion. An important occasion. So, All right. So what is Pentecost So in the Christian church? Because Pentecost, the, of course, is a Jewish, Jewish holiday. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so and we remind people of that because it, we tend to engulf things. Huh. Right. Uh, but in the in the Christian church, it is the Pentecost is the day that the disciples receive the Holy Spirit. Okay, so and, Jesus has risen from the dead. Yep, and we've been having all these interactions with him and hung out during the whole season of Easter. And then he last, like last does week he had his ascension, ascension, and then this week it's Pentecost. So he sends the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit makes everybody drunk. Well, it makes them look drunk. Okay, yeah. So the story in Acts. So the story in Acts is that they're hanging out together, right? Um, as they have been, we, we can see that in the scripture, that they have been hanging out with each other, um, hoping that Jesus will come back and say hi. Yeah. Um, trying to figure out what they do next, right? Like they've sort right. of been in this in this this waiting period. And um, the Holy Spirit comes into the room in big noise. And and, and we, we, we tend to literalize it. Yeah, you know, like big there was noise fire, and, and as a fire, and of of um, like they and they lit upon their top of their heads, you know, right? But something big happens, right? That like the people in the room are transformed. They have a powerful, um, at powerful, least emotional experience. Yes, yes, and they begin to speak. So, so, so this happens, and it's loud enough, noisy enough that a crowd gathers, mm -hmm. and then the disciples begin to talk about the good news of Jesus Christ. Uh, in languages that all those people who were getting gathered into Jerusalem for Pentecost for Pentecost hear the good news in their own language. Yeah. And they're acting a little weird. So some people go, Oh, that's amazing. We can hear it in our own language. And some people go, I think they're drunk. Cause these guys are uneducated fishermen from Galilee. Oh, right. Like and there's, there's no the way. Yeah. And the line says, aren't these Galileans? Yeah. Right, and there's this whole list of languages and and ways they're speaking that which I kindly cut out of our scripture on Sunday. Oh, I have a story about that. I... <laughs> it's all the it's all the old Greek names and Hebrew yeah. names, and and it's just like it's the day that your liturgist hates you because they have well, to read the scripture. And and generally, in the, since I've been at St. Paul's, I've read the scripture, and it's just because that's sort of how we started, and then uh -huh. I forgot to change it. And, and I had like a total, you know, after vacation brain weirdness. And I was having my lay leader, my lay reader read it. Uh -huh. And then I realized partway through, first of all. How mean it was. How mean, it, first of all, that usually I read it. Yeah. And second of all, that it was really mean. Um, and especially this is a person who was ang already anxious and nervous about already. Reading. And so I was like about eight verses in. I'm like, it's okay. I'll finish it. And I like stood up and told the congregation like. I've been too, I've been way too long. Vacation totally, brain. My vacation brain. And I finished it and everybody It's probably laughed. not that you were way too long. It's probably that you were not away long, long enough. enough. Yeah. Right. But I said, to, but it was so funny because I said, as he was reading it, I was realizing this was going to be really mean. <laughs> yeah. So I stood up and finished it with all. And as soon as I hit all the names, the entire congregation cracked up. That's Because they knew exactly what I meant. Yeah. It was just mean. So anyway. So they, the crowd thinks that, that things are, oh, they might be drunk or it might be a great thing, you know. And then Peter 
we finally begin to see Peter actually be the rock. Like, yeah. This is like to me like Peter gets his head screwed on straight. Like Peter finally finally gets it right, and he he starts to prophesy and he quotes the scripture. Something in the Old Testament, the I'm Old sure, Testament. because that was the only scripture there was. Right? No, it was from the Old Testament for them. For them, and so he he starts, uh, and, he, and he describes you know your 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 old men will dream dreams and you know yes. all this, this. It's a great it's a great it's a great scripture, and and then he says this is what's happening. This is what we are in the midst of, mm-hmm. and that's where it closes. Right, the yeah. scripture for Pentecost closes. So what I really wanted to talk about for my folks. Uh, with my folks this week was how that this passage that Pentecost isn't just about retelling the story of how the Holy Spirit showed up. Yeah. It's about telling our story too. Right. We're not just retelling the story because it's a nice story, but that we retell the story. So we're reminded that we have a story of how the Holy Spirit has come alongside and influenced and enveloped and, <laughs> and it might not spoken be as, in and through us. And, and it might not be as dramatic as a fiery hurricane. Exactly. And exactly. But it's our story. Right. But I got thinking about how that reaction of the crowd could also be the reaction of a disciple. Like, what the heck is happening? Did I forget? Did I drink too hard last night and I'm still drunk? Yeah. What's happening here? Um, am I sick? Am I, you know, and then there's also... Um, Am I having a brain issue? Is this like that? Brain issue? Is this like that episode of Scrubs where the woman has a like a brain aneurysm and everybody is suddenly singing around her? <laughs> she <laughs> right? just hears music all the time. And so it's our anxiety, you know, there's anxiety and fear and awe and wonder, both from the disciples and from the gathered crowd, and like yeah. that there's a you, you know that the that all of that is happening. Well, and, and how would you feel if you all of a sudden you were able to? Yeah. Right? Like, what am I saying? I don't even know what I'm saying right, right. now. I'm just talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that would be really yeah. unnerving. Yeah. And I wonder, too, you know, it's another one of those cases where we so we so blithely say 2,000 years later, well, of course, this is the Holy Spirit moving and, and blah, blah, blah. You know, right? Like, we have it all figured out. And I also, you know, Peter seems to be the one that first connects that, that this is what Jesus has been talking about. Right. And I'm sure it doesn't look like what they thought that was going to look like. Exactly. Right. And yet he goes, oh, wait. So um, He's an external processor. Perhaps. Perhaps. <laughs> perhaps. And, and Peter prophesies and tells the truth, right? Like, here's the truth. That's what a prophet does. Tells the truth, even right. if the truth is hard to hear. Yeah. And even if the truth seems a little out there and weird. Yeah. And and that's what Peter does. And we also, going back to what you said about, you know, this is our story of the Holy Spirit as well, you know, but we think, oh, the it doesn't happen like that anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't, big flushing wind and fire. And, flesh. and I said to my folks, you know, that's what I think, but, you know, God could decide to do that right here in this space, right? I have a friend, a friend told me, a story that a friend told me in college that threw me for a loop. She'd been home for our summer vacation. Uh-huh. And she'd come back for the fall semester and we were already friends. And she was telling me about what happened over the summer, which was there was a woman in her congregation uh-huh. who didn't speak French uh-huh. at all, but she stood up at the beginning of the worship service and she walked to the front of the church and she said, I don't know why I need to do this right now. And she just started to speak into what was her what was to her gibberish. Uh-huh. And it turned out that she was translating the, what the person before her had just said into perfect French. And my friend was there and saw this. And, and knows French. And doesn't understand French, but 
um, was able to figure out what was going on later because after the service was over, she translated the whole service uh-huh. after, and everybody just kind of was like, this okay. is weird, but let's go with it. Um, there was a woman visiting from France, I think, or, or from like a French speaking African country yeah. that was in the room that was incredibly moved by the service. And it was like, she wouldn't have understood anything right. unless this person had done this thing. And so the way that she would talk about this was how important it is for us to have translation for speaking in tongues. Like it was during the middle of a speaking in tongues conversation. Right. But for her, it was like, no, it's important for us to speak in the language that people understand. Right. And so. And that was one of the things I didn't quite get into my sermon, and but I, I was really thinking like, about. Like, it's yeah. one of those things where you're like, what do you do with that? Because right. the logical part of my brain is going, that didn't happen. Right. But my friend who I trust and love and adore mm-hmm. and who mm-hmm. would not be manipulative was like, this happened. And I was like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the Um, mystery of God. Yeah. Well, the mystery of God and and how, if what we're waiting for is what we expect the Holy Spirit to look like, we're going to miss something. Mm -hmm. But when we allow our imagination to allow us to see the Holy Spirit, what we are opening ourselves up for is amazing and fantastic and wonderful. And it will come in some very normal ways. Like most of us will never have a story like your friends, right? But we will have stories that that say the Holy Spirit was there. So this is the point in, in my sermon when, when I said, and I'm here to prophesy. I'm here to I'm here to Speak tell the some truth, truth, right? And that the Holy Spirit is here present with us as well. And this is when I lit the fire in the baptismal font. Oh, okay. So Susan, you gotta explain your worship trick because it was super cool, and I stole it at my church. <laughs> so um, this is a, a trick I've done several different times but um, when we say a worship trick we don't mean like we're magicians performing illusions no no we are we are we transparent are, that this is not this is a trick this is it's a trick. um it's an image that is made more powerful cool. by enacting it in some way in worship that right. allows people to connect right and 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 the purpose of doing this is you know we know as preachers that sometimes people fall asleep <laughs> or are <laughs> distracted never this is just a way of of just saying, hey, wake up, pay attention. Yeah. And um, so this one is is literally uh, a tuna can placed, and the way I did it was I placed it on a candle holder, like a little glass votive holder, in my baptismal font, which is a wooden structure that holds a metal bowl where yeah. we pour the water for baptism. And so the tuna can was below the edge so that folks People out in the congregation see couldn't see it. It was at eye level. At eye level. And I had just left it, uh, the font was in an unusual place. It was in the center of the main aisle, and I had just I took off the lid and I lit the thing, I lit the a tuna can full of rubbing alcohol, which makes a really fantastic, flame. really hot, like eight ten inch flame. Yeah, yeah. pretty um, steady for pretty steady twenty five thirty minutes. Yeah, but I let, light that and I say, you know, here it is. Here's yeah. the Holy Spirit is alive in, among us as we if we see it. Right. And yeah. here, here's an example of it. Right. And I, and I pointed out that I could have, uh, there's any number of objects in the worship space. I could have done, put the Holy Spirit in. Right. Mm-hmm. Or symbolically done that. I said, I could have lit the communion elements on fire. And somebody said that would not taste good. Um, <laughs> but I said, you know, I want you to see this as, you know, this, this, these are places of means of grace of places we know God shows up, whether your experience of the Holy Spirit came the day you were baptized what experience of the Holy Spirit came when you were baptized or whether you're, you're recognizing that, you know, the Holy Spirit showed up the moment you were born. The Holy mm. Spirit shows up in our communion, but, yeah. but also that, you know, it's a starting place. But I said that and there's all these other ways that the Holy Spirit shows up. And a lot of the, what we experience is in our own 
our own experiences, right? Yeah, our lives. Like, right. when, if it's not the day you were born, it's the day you held your first child, you know? Right, or right, when right. that you have that powerful experience so of overwhelming love or there overwhelming is, connection. There is or, a reason here. I gave the examples of like, like Holy Spirit sustaining you mm-hmm. when you're in grief, when you're in pain when you're, you're in, in finals when you're in finals i didn't actually use that one but i like that one right yeah but trouble and worry but you know the, the holy spirit is present in the midst of forgiveness mm-hmm. whether you're giving it or receiving it you yeah. know in right in, relationship in right relationship um and sometimes that that there's a there's a setting a flame you know a, a passion that burns um you know you get a god urge and you step out on faith even though your best friends are like are you sure you want to be doing that? Yeah, that seems weird to us. That seems weird to us, right? Like, why would you do that? And sometimes it's, uh, we just sung the song, The Spirit of Gentleness. Uh-huh, right? we did too. Sometimes it's about, it's about the, you know, that small, still voice within that says, keep going, or mm-hmm. the one that says, look around, or do that thing that you didn't think you wanted to do, or, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, this, yeah the stir us from placidness stir line is pretty placid, great. Stir us from placidness, right. I use the word uneasiness. Yeah. You know, sometimes there's that gut feeling of uneasiness that means that we move in a different way, um, out of complacency, reality checks. <laughs> You're totally. just going the wrong way. But I also like I bring up determination. Mm-hmm. That sometimes that's the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit's saying, get moving, get going, keep doing. Because Do it. this is where you need to be. Do it. Do it. Um, you know, and there's so many other images of the Holy Spirit that I didn't, you know, and I, I always love the image of the, what I sort of introduced worship with was the word for breath and the word for spirit are oh. the same word in Hebrew. And so, you know, every time you take a breath, mm. you are being infused with life and with the spirit of God. And so we don't come to church because we think that it's only there. Right. We come to church to remind ourselves that every time we take a breath, right. Right. wherever we are in the world, that right. God is present. And so well, that awareness development love the image that our Celtic brothers and sisters have of the wild goose, mm-hmm. right? Which is gorgeous in flight, but annoying as heck on the ground, right? <laughs> like noisy and obnoxious. And painful. They bite. And They're pain- not nice. Yeah, they'll chase you. And that's a great image for what the we're Holy talking Spirit. about, right? It's yeah. not just the little dove that hops away from you when you start When you it. stare it. It's not scared yeah. easily. Right. But the Holy Spirit is a present in that. So, um, On a related note, squirrel loves geese. Wild or otherwise, but they do not love her. I can't imagine why. <sighs> she has teeth. Well. So, anyway, so, so, and then I ended up, ended with a Will Willman quote about just when you get all settled down, comfortable with present arrangements, our pews bolted securely to the floor, all fixed and immobile. There comes a rush of wind or a still small voice, a breath of fresh air, tongues of fire, and the Holy Spirit prevails. Hopefully. Yeah. God so, willing. God, God willing. willing. So. Yeah, so that's that's where we went. Yeah, it's just thinking about like as a as a person who leads a community of faith, one of the struggles that we have, whether we're a lay person or a clergy person, is, you know, w- when is the time to like buckle down and make something happen, and when is the time to sit back and wait and see what arises? Yeah, and that's one of the things I pointed out to folks. I said, you know, I reminded people, you know, you've been in waiting periods, you've been in action periods, you've. All of this is so much a part of your life. Mm-hmm. 
And it was funny. There was one point I was like, um, oh, it's the, when you step, it sets on flame. And I actually, you know, you know how sometimes you look out in the crowd and, and like the stories, like, like they're, they're like pop-up video bubbles, right? Yeah. Pop up above people. And, and I said, I said, I see, I, I look out here and I th- see three examples right now of your stories unfolding this way. Yeah. Right. And that's just the story. You know, that's just a quick glance. Right. And I didn't say, oh, you know, so-and-so or anything, but. (laughs) Let me tell you, so-and-so is the skinny on (laughs) so-and-so. But, but I, but I named, but naming that, like, I think every, everything I named there about how the Holy Spirit works, I could, you know, at least one story out there Mm -hmm. that I knew. That's not, it doesn't count all the stories I don't know. Exactly. Right. So. Well, cool. Very cool. Well, thanks, Susan. And thanks to all of you for listening to the Sunday Morning Sleep-In Podcast. We are grateful for your listenership, and we encourage you to get in touch with us. If you have questions for us uh, or stories that relate to what we're talking about, geese or spirit or lighting things on fire, even. Um, I heard lots of great stories about improvised camping stoves that have a questionable name on Sunday and what Boy Scouts used to cook in the wilderness. Anyway, if you have a story for us, We'd love to hear it. Shoot us an email at sundaymorningsleepin at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us at our website, sundaymorningsleepin.com. The scripture for this podcast is Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. And the theme music that you're hearing right now is Take Me Higher by Jazzer. And at the end of worship, we do the benediction, which is a fancy way of saying blessing, uh, going forth, ascending forth. And so... My sending forth for you this this time is to go see where the Spirit's moving. Go pay attention to where the Spirit shows up and um, go figure out what God is calling you into. Christ's name. Amen. Amen.